Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Heavenly Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Today is uh, Thanksgiving Eve. Tomorrow's the big day. And I know that if I ask you the question, what are you filled with today, tomorrow, I know what it'll be. (laughs) A lot of turkey, cranberry sauce, vegetables, salads, pumpkin pies, and the like. So I'm asking you today, because tomorrow you're going to enter into Thanksgiving with a certain answer. What are you filled with today? Three square meals, hopefully. But maybe it's anger from an argument you had earlier today. Are you filled with joy at the wonder, having a wonderful week spent with close family and friends? Our hearts are kind of like a big five-gallon container that's filled with all kinds of things. Memories, dreams, feelings about what happened yesterday, hopes about what's going to happen in the next week. Our hearts can be filled in one of two ways. Either we don't pay much attention and just follow whatever reactions, people, and circumstances happen to fill it, or we can actually choose what we allow to take up space in our hearts. Paul was an excellent teacher in helping us, God's people, to understand what, that what we focus on and with what we will fill our hearts. If we believe in Jesus Christ and believe that he does indeed dwell in our hearts, he produces the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And we know Paul says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Those wonderful gifts of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and others. For a believer, the fruit is actually there. You may not always feel that it's there, but it is indeed there where there is faith in Christ. But sadly, even as Christians, we can choose to suppress the fruit of the Spirit within us. If we don't allow the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, to fill our minds and our hearts each day, it will automatically be filled by what the world gives So Paul instructs his people to be transformed by the renewing of your minds and not to be conformed by the world, which so easily fills us. We allow the Holy Spirit to transform us or we allow the world to conform us to its image. I begin these thoughts this evening because we're celebrating Thanksgiving a little early today in memory of those first pilgrims who were filled with a thankful attitude for just being alive on that first Thanksgiving. We've all been filled with that kind of Thanksgiving before, you know, without a lot of conscious thought. Maybe it was a serious heart attack resulting in open-heart surgery recovering from cancer or another serious illness. Do you remember those first days out of the hospital? Maybe you have to imagine if you're younger. 
You were so thankful just to be alive. You didn't have to think about it. You were filled with gratitude at being given another chance, another day to live. Having come out of such an experience that promotion at work just doesn't seem that important. Having your kids get straight A's on the report cards seems trifling. When it comes to the bottom life, the bottom line of your survival, you see all of life as a gift, every single breath. But if you're like most, it's not too long before you lose that sense of gratitude. The things and circumstances begin to fill you with worry again. And you begin to think you didn't have enough of this or enough of that. It's funny, but sad, that sometimes we, when we can't acquire a few new toys, a new car, new clothes on some government relief, maybe some tax cuts, we feel like the world is against us. So the question is, how do we retain that humble sense of thanksgiving as a daily condition of our hearts? Perhaps it would help to consider some of the truths St. Paul discovered, since obviously he was filled almost daily with an attitude of gratitude. If he's writing to friends after a shipwreck or from a prison cell, or after being chased out of town by a group of hostile people, he still begins almost every letter back to those cities with the words, I thank God for you. Or, I thank God for what you did for me as he did with the Philippians. He seemed to see all of his life as humble gratitude. That he had been given one more day to serve Christ. One more opportunity to preach the good news. One more chance to further God's kingdom. And perhaps that's where we should start. So what is the one goal in your life for which you are willing to lose everything else? Do you have a purpose that is that important to you? For St. Paul, he said it so simply, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining for what, straining for what lies forward ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. If he had to suffer starvation to further the cause of Christ, he was thankful. If he had to endure prison to further the cause of Christ, he was thankful. If he was rejected and whipped and st stood up for Christ, he was thankful. You see, he didn't measure his thankfulness by how well things were going in his life, as sadly many of us do. If we get a promotion at work, we're thankful. If we get fired, we're resentful. 
St. Paul would see either circumstance as an opportunity to praise God. And thus he could say in chapter 4 of Philippians, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. To know and to share Christ was most important in his life. St. Paul lived by a higher purpose than having an, an extra bag of Snickers around the house, or whether he was able to buy that new rod and reel or the new bass boat he had wanted for so long to take out on that Lake Galilee, as it was called. If our goal is to be promoted, then we have reason to be thankful. Once that goal is reached, we have a reason to be thankful again. Even in the in-between times, when nothing seems to be happening, God is still at work, and we have every reason to be thankful. Stories told of a lady who was a bookkeeper at a large bank when an elderly woman had come in to to see her, and she came in just excited and ecstatic. And she says, honey, you don't need to order those uh, checks uh, uh, that have the praying hands on it anymore. I ordered them while I was looking for a husband after my husband Albert died. Well, I found one. So I don't need that design anymore. Just get me some butterflies or some flowers. How often our purpose in life is no larger than finding a spouse or buying a new house. And I'm not saying those things aren't important. It's just there are things that are greater. It is not until, like Paul, that we sense a higher, a greater purpose for our lives that we really begin to develop a truly grateful attitude. Because we begin to see our Heavenly Father using all things for our good, even those things that don't appear to be helpful to our lives. St. Paul filled his heart with thanksgiving because he knew his purpose was to use his talents and each day to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. And if need be, he was willing to die for this purpose. He saw each and every day as another gift of life and opportunity. But discovering his purpose was not the only way Paul filled himself with thanksgiving. He literally filled every prayer with thanksgiving. Do not be anxious for anything, he says. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Notice he said, in everything. Not merely when God has answered our prayer, but even while we are making the prayer. Oh, prayers are a funny thing, aren't they? We're all guilty of those empty prayers. Prayers 
become like rituals at bedtime and at our meals. But for St. Paul, it was so much more. Maybe we can learn to apply some of the things we've learned from Paul, who learned to pray with thanksgiving for everything. Here's one example. Let's say you're praying for God to help your children with a problem with friends trying to influence them in a negative way. I have always prayed for our kids, you know, that God would protect them. And the prayers come out really simple. Something like, Father, protect my kids from any influences that might separate them from you and from their mom and dad. In Jesus' name, amen. But I've lost something. I've forgotten something so important. And thinking about it now in the context of thanksgiving, I might pray it a little bit differently now. It might sound like this. Father, I thank you for the gift of my children, their love, their talents, their keen minds, their common sense, even though they don't always use it. (laughs) And the truth is, I don't either. I thank you that you love them more than I ever could and have a meaningful plan for their lives. I thank you for their faith and for the gift of your Holy Spirit who seeks to guide them every day in the right path, even when I can't be there with them, even when my life has not reflected your good and gracious will. Let your holy presence surround them and protect them from harm. Let your Holy Spirit guide them today in all their decisions. Grant to them and their parents your courage to stand firm against all that would influence them in a negative way. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You see the difference? Paul teaches us to pray for the same things, but with a grateful heart, a grateful attitude for what God has already given. Kids, obviously, are going to make wrong choices here and there. But if we keep praying like this, God can take the wrong choices and work them for good, just as He has in our lives. If you and I believe that God is really capable and willing to work all things for the good of those who love Him, it will change every prayer into a prayer of heartfelt thanksgiving. And we will be filled not with our reactions to people and circumstances that come our way, leading us into helplessness, hopelessness, and despair, but with true thanksgiving to God, who will continue to fill us and our children with the most important things we need in life. That is the fruit of God's Spirit. This thanksgiving, I want to encourage you and myself to seek God's greater purpose through the ordinary parts of our lives, so that as we begin to practice prayer with thanksgiving, we may be able to look back after suffering those hard setbacks in life 
and then see the result we never thought possible. Living lives filled with gratitude. Let him fill our buckets with every good thing. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who overcame every setback, every injury, every betrayal, even death itself, to rise victoriously for the greater purpose of our salvation. To God alone be the glory. Amen.